Hello and welcome to Blackwell's Presents. My name is Sean Kane. I'm a books journalist at The Guardian and a former bookseller of this parish, the wonderful and labyrinthine Blackwell's Bookshop in Oxford. Independent Bookshop Week is part of the Books of My Bag campaign run by the Booksellers Association and seeks to celebrate independent bookshops in the UK and Ireland, particularly the booksellers who make bookshops what they are. All this week, we're sharing the stories of some of the booksellers at Blackwell's in Oxford. And today, sitting in the old gaffer's room with me is Zul. Hello, Zul. Hello. Hi. So, you are sales director. That's right. Well, sales development manager. Sales development manager. Sorry. I'll do that again. So you are sales development manager at Blackwells. That's right. And uh, but you've been a bookseller for a very long time. Very long time. Hmm. Somebody recently said a quarter of a century, which is stretching it a bit. It's just over twenty years. So, <laughs> You're yeah. almost there. Almost. <laughs> so tell us how how did you start in terms of becoming a bookseller? I think like most people um, who work in bookselling, I never meant to stay. I remember <laughs> turning up and saying. Um, I'll be working here for six months and then moving on. That was very much my, my intention at the time. Um, and the honest truth is um, the book selling bug just bit. And yeah. I'd been here sort of six months or so. I realised I loved it here. I realised I loved the feel. I loved the customers. I loved being amongst the books. Um, I loved the sort of culture and ethos of the company. Um, so I stayed a bit longer. And I was working in the general fiction department on the ground floor. The best and, department. Uh, yeah, um, <laughs> no doubt. And then, um, well, every department you work in at the given it's time is, is your best department. <laughs> and um, then uh, a senior bookseller position came up in the literature department. And I applied for it and got it. And... Suddenly, I became a little bit more in charge of the destiny of that department and its look and its feel, and I, I got sort of to understand how you can influence, you know, what 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 your shelves look like and what your stock profile looks like and and your sort of um, that side of things. And I stayed, <laughs> I stayed, and um, you know, I think I've had I think I've had eleven different jobs um, in Blackwells over the wow. twenty years, so I've moved around quite a bit. And not just um, just this shop. You've also worked in other. Yeah, I've worked in a few other shops. I've always come back here. I worked at um, our campus shop in Brooks for a bit, and I've travelled around the country a bit. But really, it's it's here that I've um, been and always come back to. Mm. So yeah. And so all those departments that you worked at, in mm. did you have a favourite, or are they all sort of completely different? Uh, they are completely different. I mean, I think. Um, I remember those days in literature really, really fondly because um, I, uh, when, you, when, you, when you're sort of told, you know, it's your department now, make it happen, do what you want. I remember I did things such as, um, nothing revelatory, but just that first taste of what real book selling is like. I, I was allowed to, um, you know, choose Literature Book of the Month and I, was, um, I sort of began to get into events and sort of organise some literature events and that kind of thing. Um, and I had a really great team and there were people um, in the department at the time who um, had been booksellers for much, much longer than I had. They weren't interested in being, you know, a manager or anything like that, but they mentored me nonetheless, even though they, strictly speaking, they sort of reported into me and... Uh, just had a great time really and um I suppose I've been quite become quite well known for events that's one of the things that I I do and have been doing for some time in one guise or another so I guess I look upon um the various events roles I've had quite fondly as well yeah and so then in terms of the pull of being a bookseller you clearly you weren't expecting it but something did pull Mm. you to to being in the shop um do you know what it is is a lot of people talk about being a bookseller in quite emotional terms like they yeah and it is emotional it's emotional for me as well I think um 
I think it's the people. Mm. Um, because if you were just into books purely, um, you'd just visit a bookshop very often. And, <laughs> and, 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 and I would, and I do, and I read all the time, obviously, like, like everyone else. But um, I think uh, you, you get a feeling here that, I, however cliched it might sound, there is a, there's, a, there's a family feeling to this bookshop. And I mean that in... Um, in, in the sense that you, you get, you know, I've made lifelong friends here. You mm. know, I, I, I've, if I left tomorrow, there's people I'd want to stay in touch with to, for, the, for the rest of my life. I've mm. made friends. I, I, I didn't meet my wife here, but I sort of met her through bookselling channels. And so all, a lot of the important moments in my life have, have been related to books or the book trade or this bookshop in particular. Um, so there is an emotional pull of the people you meet, the quality of the conversations you have with customers and with and with um, your colleagues. Um, and the other thing I really love about Blackwells in particular in this bookshop is I've always felt that there's a sense of um, if you have an idea, if you believe in something, if you have a passion, you can make it happen. You don't have to jump through lots of hoops. Um, obviously, we all have line managers and we have to justify things on a budgetary basis or commercial basis and you have to prove that an idea is worth its salt. Um, but I've found it, I know it's a horrible word, but I've found this bookshop to be a very empowering place to work. Mm. For me, it has. That's been my experience anyway. So. That, I mean, that was always the thing here, that more than any other bookshop that I'd worked in or knew people that had worked at. Mm. They, the amount of trust you're given that as soon as you're hired people yeah. it's accepted that you know something about books and you're bringing something unique as an individual i think so yeah and um i mean i'm sure you've heard the stories about um you know there's there's a real ethos of if you believe in a book um you've read it you love it and you want to translate that sense of how much you love it to customers um you know within reasons within a few sensible parameters you know there's nothing stopping you ordering 100 copies and hand selling it to your customers um not because a publisher has exhorted you to do so, not because someone from head office has said you must sell this huge pile of books, because you personally think, I want other people to love this book as much as I have. <laughs> and so um, there's that. There's also the fact that you, um, you know, just very simple things like the fact that we, from a pretty early beginning in a career here, you, you are ordering stock for your department and you're spending thousands and thousands of pounds, you know, every day, effectively. Um, and we take that for granted because we just do that here. But yeah. it's, it's something that doesn't happen necessarily in larger bookshop chains because you don't necessarily have that sort of that power and that sense of trust and responsibility. And so having been a bookseller for so long, how has bookselling changed from your perspective? What have you seen change over that time? Um, I think, I mean, when I started in bookselling, um, internet bookselling was in its absolute infancy. Mm. Um, so it didn't really have much of an impact, honestly. So academic bookselling in particular has changed. There's no doubt about it. I mean, um, back to university um, in October used to be unbelievably busy. I mean, it's very difficult to give a sense to someone who just starts here how busy back to university is, because now back to university is important to us. You know, we are an academic bookseller. We sell a lot of academic books, but there used to be queues and queues and queues way beyond anything that you might get at Christmas time. Um, <laughs> you know, 20 deep for days and days and days queues in. I was working at Literature at the time and then in other places. And, um, um, you know, students, you know, the nature of things being that they come out their lectures and they all turn up at the same time. We sold, you know, 300 copies of the Riverside Chaucer and so on <laughs> and so forth. Um, and sadly, academic book selling has changed. You know, there's obviously, we all know that there's more um, recourse to journals, there's more recourse to online resources, there's more recourse to um, uh, online competition is, is, a, is a much bigger thing, of course. So mm. academic book selling um, is a completely different game now. 
uh, but it's still important. But what that's meant will have, I mean, pretty much my entire book selling career has, has been in parallel with the industry in a state of flux. So we have had to work hard. I mean, booksellers work hard to think inventively about what's going to make this bookshop interesting, what's going to make um, a customer come into these four walls as opposed to just um, tap buttons on a keyboard. You know, mm. What is it that's going to make, um, make people um, come in, find a sense of community, find it to be an interesting, thrilling, inspiring place to be? And that's, that's been the case increasingly as my book selling career has gone on. You know, you've got to think inventively, otherwise, um, otherwise you fail. Yeah. yeah. And I guess that, that has been the interesting thing to see over the last few years, that there has been this increased conversation about how healthy is it to have some a force like Amazon, for example, mm. dominating things mm. so much and reframing things like libraries and bookshops as experiences yeah. um, as well as places to buy things. Um, in terms of your experience, in terms of being a bookseller, have you got any particular memories that make you really... Uh, happy or sad or things that really leap out to you from your history as a bookseller um i mean i suppose there's a range of things i mean um we've had some really good um experiences with authors and and the fact that um some of them haven't been sort of at our big set piece of events and so on i mean going back to my time in literature i remember when Seamus Heaney popped in unexpectedly not prearranged <laughs> and just said can i sign can i sign some books while i'm here and he sat at my desk at the back of the department and signed the you know a couple of hundred copies of um it would have been electric light that he'd just published at, at that time um and you know i i can't remember if he'd won the Nobel Prize or not or if he was just about to but in any case this extraordinary poet who just turns up and <laughs> says I love this bookshop can I sign some books and there have been a range of experiences like that where we've made really good friends with um, authors and got to know them so I remember one of my favourite authors is David Mitchell um, and we did an event with him for um, it must have been um, uh, Jacob de Zoet I think and um, we went to the King's Arms afterwards um, and uh, he, we just all had a drink and we were sitting at an L-shaped table and he had his back to me just because that's the way we happened to be sitting, you know, just, just how it was. Um, and he turned around about 10 minutes later and said, I've had my back to you all evening. I'm so sorry. It's so rude. I said, really, it doesn't matter. It's just like, cool, we're in the pub and having it. And then um, about a year later, myself and Jude, my, um, uh, my now wife, we went to an event organised by Blackwells in Charing Cross and this was for another book he had written, and we went there as fans, and we went to get our book signed, and he said, oh, I remember you, and I had my back to you that <laughs> evening, and it was so rude of me, and I thought, really, it doesn't matter. We're very pleased to be here and He's having you. And so just that, that courtesy and kindness and, and the fact you remembered and so on. So there's a range of author relationships which I've treasured, and those, those are, um, you know, a couple of them. So. It's such a funny thing, and it's still it's uh, true for me as well, meeting authors in my work, mm. that... It actually really matters when people are nice. Yeah, and um, I mean, in David Mitchell's case, he I think he'd been a bookseller at Waterstone, so he, 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 <laughs> he always knew. got the value of bookselling and, <laughs> and the fact that, you know, yeah. So then, talking of authors you love, um, it's Independent Bookshop Week. Mm. So if a customer was to come in to Blackwell's and say, I need Dool to recommend me five <laughs> books, what would be the five books you'd be putting in front of them? Well, I'm sure if you asked me that on any given day, you'd get five um, a different set of books. <laughs> but I mean, I think um, some of the books I'd recommend, um, there's a book called Quiet by Susan Cain, um, which is, I think its subtitle is The Power of Introverts in an Extrovert World or something like that. And um, it really demythologizes the... Um, uh, preconceptions around what an extrovert is and what an introvert is and it explains how um, 
uh, an introvert is someone much more um, complicated and, and someone of great, much greater value than, than, than the, the preconception might have. It. I'm not meant to be describing these books, am I? I'm just meant to be giving you the list. No, 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 the fact I can say it's my best work of non-fiction, but I don't agree with everything. It, it's it's quite illustrative of the fact that I feel his writing is addictive, the way he marshals his arguments, the way he provokes thought, um, and I can be reading it, agreeing vigorously with some stuff, disagreeing vigorously with other stuff, and still thinking this is scintillating writing and hmm. makes me think and want to seek out more books to find out whether what I actually think about this subject. So it's a book all about the fact that um, human nature is actually getting better, less violent, more peaceful, and it's quite an optimistic book about about the world and where we're going. And it takes a centuries-long view, essentially. So, you know, he talks about the aberrations of the 20th century and some of the horrors that have taken place, but says, despite that, human nature is getting kinder, more compassionate, more empathetic, and, and so on. So. Mm. Um, Asherlev, my name is Asherlev by Heem Potok would be another one, um, which is one of these weird books which um, sort of, it is a classic, it's, a, it's published as a Penguin classic and so it has that status, but it's still a book I find lots of people haven't read and in some cases haven't even heard of. Um, a beautifully written book um, about a young Jewish boy growing up in an ultra-Orthodox Jewish household um, and he wants to be a painter. Um, and his artistic and creative leanings conflict very much with his um, very strict religious upbringing. His father is a rabbi, and um, it's a it's a incredibly powerful, poignant, and, and thought provoking book. And, and it, the sequel to it is called The Gift of Asherlev, which rarely, for a sequel, is as good as as really. The first one. So, um, so that would be one. Um, I've also put down um, Free Economics um, by Stephen Levitt and Stephen Dubner, um, not because it's the best book I've read on the subject, but actually when I read it, which was years and years ago, whenever it was first published, 15, 16 years ago, it's the book that got me reading more nonfiction. Right. So until then, I'd probably read 95% fiction, and it's the book that made me think, wow, you can think about the world in this way. Mm. And, and for that reason alone, I've, I've included it in my, in my list. Was it because of um, how it was written, the, the style of writing? It was part of the style of writing, which is very scattergun, very sort of um, adrenaline-fueled, if you like. But it's also partly because it takes a subject you think you might understand, um, economics, um, and it says, actually, economics isn't what you think about. It's, uh, think it is. It actually applies to all these dif different aspects of life, and it kind of turns a concept on its head. And, and just turns your mind a bit topsy-turvy for a bit and makes you think so um, and then my final one would be Gilead by Marilyn Robinson which is an extraordinarily powerful book again um, written um, by a, uh, a priest who's at, he knows he's at the end of his life and he's writing um, a series of letters to his much younger wife and his very very young child um, explaining the decisions he made and um, why he you know um, set out on the path he did in life and so on and it's it's one of those books which is, it's a very religious book, um, but it's a religious book in a philosophical sense. It doesn't sort of wear its religion sort of too, um, um, uh, it doesn't encroach on your own sort of sense of, of the world. It just makes you think a little bit and it, and it asks, uh, while having a very compelling narrative and characters you care about, it makes you think about um, what it is to have a belief system and, and that age-old thing of why are we here and what are we trying to do while we live this short life on earth mm. a very gentle book 
gentle um, and, yeah, and wise and compassionate. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> thank you so much for coming on, Zul. Thank you very much. And thank you for listening to this special episode of Blackwells Presents. If you'd like to get in touch, do head to Twitter and contact at Blackwells Oxford and at Books Are My Bag. From me, Sean Kane, happy reading. <laughs>